sorry, I thought somebody else was going to do this bit. You want you actually want me to do? You want me to present my? Well, you haven't got N. Rytel or uh, Juliet Stevenson. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is the My TV Is podcast from TV Choice, and here's your host Mel Gedroich. Something like that. Mm, I'll work on it. How unexpected. Hello, thank you so much. I'm honoured. Uh, thank you for downloading this episode of the podcast. And if you've already given my TV years a like, follow, or subscribed, or even, I don't know, left a nice little comment on the podcast, you are a star. Thank you. If you haven't managed that yet, hmm, could do better. Um, no, listen, we've all got busy lives. Just do it when you've got a little, a little moment, and I will check. Right, let's get on with things. This episode, I'm joined by British soap royalty, best known for playing Jenny Bradley in Coronation Street. It is Sally Ann Matthews. Sally Ann, may I call you Sal? May I Mm -hmm. call you Sal? Of course you may. Oh, that's very lovely of you. Welcome to the show, the podcast. How old were you when you first started on Corrie? Because it was a while, it was a while ago that you 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 you. Well, it was you're... quite a while ago, yeah. You're quite right there. Uh, it was December 1985. I just turned 50. Oh my goodness! Yeah, 36 years ago. 36 years ago. <laughs> it's very, It's hard to believe because you look extremely, extremely young. I have to say. <laughs> Slightly annoyingly young. <laughs> well, I'm not. Um, so, yeah, I just turned 15 and it was, I went to Autumn Theatre Workshop and lots of my friends were doing an episode of Brookside or an episode of Juliet Bravo and they'd, you know, get a, a week of school and that sounded ace. And I was going up for things as well. And I'd gone up for an audition for something called Scene View, which was a kid's show. Didn't get it. It was devastated. Oh. And then another audition came along. I didn't even ask what it was for. I wasn't told. And then I, I arrived at Granada, was given a script, and I'm seeing Rita, Mavis, Vera. I'm thinking, no, it can't be for Corrie. And that was it. And it was. And what, you know, what I was going to be three months originally went into five and a half years. So I never expected that. I never particularly wanted to be an actress. Really, really? Yeah. My mum is a headmistress and all of her friends were teachers and they all did their Amdram. My mum still does Amdram at 81. Does she? Oh, 81, that's brilliant. Do you go Um, to all the shows? No, she does it in Cyprus. Oh, she's very big in Paphos. She's very big in Paphos. I'm loving this. (laughs) There's a big Amdram scene in Cyprus. Huge. Huge. Yeah. And they have the Paftas. Oh, stop it. Yeah, it's real. The PAFTAs. The so, PAFTAs. Other, do they actually have a little award? And, uh, and if, and, uh, apparently so, because my mum was nominated a few years ago. Oh, we don't talk about it because she didn't win. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so I always imagined that I would be. Uh, I loved acting and I loved being on stage. So I thought I would just kind of have a proper job and do my amdrammy stuff as well. That's yeah. what all the grown-ups that I knew did. Yeah. Um, so I was never. I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to go to drama school. That was just never on my horizon. Not because I didn't think I would be able to, but I just I didn't particularly want to. Oh, that's really interesting. So, so but you left school at 15. I mean, that was quite serious. Well, I didn't leave. 
I had a tutor at Granada and if I wasn't working for a week, I would go back to school. So, oh, I um, see. Yeah, so you could so dip in and out. I could dip in and out. And it very much was dipping in and out. Some days I would be there for the morning and then gone. And it was all pretty much down to me. And I never wagged up. They never got a kind of the schedule. I mean, we're going back to 1985. Uh, so it was a case of, will you be in this afternoon? I go, no, I can't work in this afternoon. And they just go, fine. There was no checkup. I could have. Oh, really? I could have completely scammed the whole thing oh, and really? said I was working and just gone home and watched telly but I didn't <laughs> I've, I've talked to kids who've sort of had tutors on set and everything actors and they say that the time on set they actually learnt loads more maybe because it's that kind of more that sort of one-to-one tuition did, did you find actually that sort of your education flourished in a way or I or think my education bit... in other areas flourished you are um you're in the workplace and there was also no separation at that point now there is always uh you're not allowed into the adult green room until you're 16 you're separated that wasn't a thing when Mm. i started uh so i was in the green room all day every day with phyllis pierce and percy sogadin and whoever else so listening to all those stories um all those events i learned a lot then and with regards to Bernard, my tutor, he was he was a retired teacher. Uh, he was great. But I got on and did it anyway. And I, I passed. It was yeah. fine. Yeah. And do you remember the first show that you remember watching as a child? What made a big impact on you? So I was thinking about this last night when I was in bed and Little House on the Prairie. Oh. You know, I never missed it. was the theme from Little House on the Prairie, the little house written and conducted by David Rose. I, I would run down the field like that with my arms outstretched. Yeah. I loved all of the, what I saw as romantic. In fact, my garden shed, we did do a little annex on the back and it very like uh, Laura Ingalls, whose house I have to say. I was obsessed with that house. But I wonder how much of what I watched when I was younger has influenced my life today. And I was always thinking about this in bed last night. And I've now got middle-aged Clark's version of Laura Ingalls' boots. wonder whether that's related. And then it suddenly dawned on me, I have a pathological fear, almost, of making decisions. I, I loathe making decisions because I feel that the the stakes are so high if you make the wrong choice. Yeah. And I suddenly wondered if that's all because of Runaround. Oh, no. Oh. Hello, guys and bells. <laughs> Welcome to Runaround. Terrific prizes. Best you've ever seen in your life. Now, you... Let's go back to Runaround. We'll, we'll deal with the prairie as well. There's more to say. There's much more to say Not about the prairie. Runaround, very, very different show, Sal. Totally it's, different, it's, but I'm just thinking of the psychological and long-lasting effects. That, yeah. you know, when you're when you're a young child or a teenager and you see and observe these things, <laughs> they will imprint on you. You know, be careful so, of things you say. Children will listen, and maybe that's what it is. If I'm making a choice, because when I watch Run Around, 
those tennis balls in the tube by the side of you, the, the stakes seemed massively you got the answer on. Now, for for <laughs> our for our dear for our dear listeners who maybe haven't haven't experienced yeah. the the whole run around thing, it was a loud, stressful show, wasn't yeah. it? Run around now! Who knows the one of that one is only. <laughs> That was Mike Reed presenting Run Around, Season 9, Episode 8, 1979 for ITV. I remember Mike Reed, not the DJ, yeah. but Mike Reed from EastEnders. Yeah. Saying Run Around, Run Around. And am I right in saying there was a sort of red, blue and green team? There were flashing yes, colours. There was like an A, B and C thing and you That's had right. to choose. So you you ran out of your little stall, if you like, that you were held in which a had pen. the tubes either side a little yeah. pen and you ran and you picked either a b i can't remember whether it was a b or c or red yellow green whatever it was and you made your decision and you all flocked to that spot but then you had the opportunity to change your mind and run around and oh yes make a different decision it was really stressful so then you made a different choice or you stuck with what you'd originally gone for and then the answer would be revealed and if you weren't on the right spot you were eliminated and if you were you won a tennis ball and you put it in the little tube and the tennis balls presumably converted into prizes i forget I what kind of things I it was i can't remember i mean that i didn't take any of that away all i'm took it's, away is that the severity of making the wrong choice <laughs> <laughs> stayed with you. Right around. You very, never know. Very different from Little House on the Prairie, where yeah. it was all just. I mean, they did deal with serious issues. I remember. I was thinking about Little House on the Prairie not long ago. They did. There was an episode about a plague. Do you remember that? Where the whole community comes down with a oh, terrible. I remember that. Illness, yeah. I remember we... Mary going blind. That was awful. So your mother and I have been hoping, praying, but it was the scarlet fever and it weakened the nerves in your eyes. It'll get better, won't it, Pa? My eyes will be all right again. The doctor thinks it'll get worse. Pa? He feels that you're gradually going to lose your sight. That was Michael Landon as Charles Ingalls and Melissa Sue Anderson as Mary Ingalls in The Little House on the Prairie 1980, the I'll Be Waving As You Drive Away episode for NBC. That was scary. That was really scary. But then there'd be a whole episode where Laura would catch a fish and it was all about (laughs) the joy of making your own rod and catching a fish. Or about Nellie's new dress. Nelly, exactly. Or her, or her. I always remember Nelly curling. She had those curling, horrible curls. Ring, all those ringlets. And she just had everything, didn't she? I think that's what was so relatable. Yeah. That there was always somebody that was uh, had everything they wanted and, and lots of money, lots of opportunities. And yeah. you were always wanting that too. And they were always so unpleasant as, yeah. as characters as well. Yeah, they were, they were, Some, they were brilliant. The they life absolutely... lesson of be more Laura. Be, be, oh, I love her. I love her so, so yeah. much. And I love the mum and the dad. The dad was cool, wasn't he? The, the dad, dad was, was cool. I remember one really scary episode where the mum is ill. She had a massive fever and she was reading her Bible and she kept on sort of focusing in on this sentence which said, cut it off. And she was going to cut off her own hand or something. It all got what? really, really heavy do you remember that no that stayed with me big time maybe that's something i've 
blanked out too much trauma. We prefer to remember the prairie, which was, as you say, running down the hill, arms yeah. outstretched. Having your little tin can with your lunch in, that's what I wanted. With, with the little handle. Yeah, I didn't the want the Tupperware was... my mum gave me. I wanted a tin can. And it was round, wasn't it? Mm. It was like, oh, it was lovely. T- talking about your parents, your mum in Paphos, winning the PAFTA, well, being nominated for the PAFTA, she'll win it. I've got a very strong yeah. feeling that soon she'll win it. Um, <laughs> were there shows that they used to watch that you just found horrendously dull and you couldn't bear it if they were on? My mum always used to watch, do you remember the good old days? There's something a bit sinister about it, I always yeah. found. I couldn't get into it. It was that maitre d' guy with the hammer, wasn't it? With the yeah. sort of gavel and going, oh, yay, oh, yay. They were all wearing, you know, kind of Victorian dress. Yeah. Badly. It was, it was like an audience had just been just been taken into costume. So they all got a modern perm. <laughs> when they held in a corset. Yes, <coughs> and a, or a big bonnet, or a bit, lots of bonnets, and it was just old music hall numbers. And were they performed by professionals, or was it a sort of? I think they, I think they were. Yeah, I, I do that remember. That was prime time Saturday night viewing. My dad loved it. Yeah, my dad was absolutely obsessed. My, my mum loved that. I wasn't a huge fan, but I remember we sat through that because then um, the two Ronnies would be on. Oh, the Rons! And that's an early show I remember. I I vividly remember. Diana Dawes' bosom. It revealed that at last women, the creators of life, the protectors of the young, the guardians of the future, were ready to assume the mantle of leadership. The master stroke, however, was to insist on the changeover in traditional dress. Once the men had to wear the frocks, they were subjugated. As soon as we took their trousers away, they were putty in our hands. After all, what did they have left? Two lumps and a sponge finger. (laughs) You just heard Diana Dawes and Ronnie Corbett in The Two Ronnies, 1980, the worm that turned episode for BBC. All I I remember about it was that the union, it was about women taking over the world. She was the head of the party or of the head of the movement of getting women to take over the country. I mean, that's... Very forward thinking in this evidence. It's amazing. Yeah, and the Union Jack had gone and it was a Union, the Union Jill. Jill. I, I mean, that's the 70s. That's really weird, Sal. I had not actually remembered that until you just said that. Diana Dawes and the flag. Yeah. yeah. Union Jill. The Union Jill. But I remember the Rons used to very often get dressed up as women, didn't they? Yes. They played those band leader sort of characters. They did everything so brilliantly. I mean, I think I I laughed, even though there'd be a lot that I didn't get, but I used to get the enjoyment of seeing my parents just crying with laughter. Yeah. Saturday nights was always the generation game, the good old days and the two Ronnies. And before then, I'd be sent to the shop and my mum would always have a quarter of black and white mints and my dad would have some salted peanuts. And I, you know, I'd get like 10p from the penny tray. That was sad. That was like the best Saturday night ever. Do you know, the sad thing is we had a very similar experience, but it happened in the 80s, even into the 90s, where I'd be at I'd still be at home and mum would send me off round to the corner shop <laughs> for things like, oh, munchies, crunchies, Snickers, Twixes, as they were then. Mm. Yeah, isn't that a thing? And then you settle down with yeah. your filthy, sugary, lovely, gorgeous, disgusting, bad-for-you chocolates and just 
go mad uh, yeah on a saturday night and yeah. was, but now we do it nearly every night don't we? <laughs> yeah, do you know we do. there's none there's nothing special about a saturday night anymore everything's because people work different yeah. hours different days but the saturday i mean i know tv still tries to cater to that saturday night audience and, and then a lot of the time they get it right i suppose but strictly I think just a, yeah strictly. exactly exactly strictly that, that sort of fulfills that yeah bit, doesn't it um, but that whole thing, you know, shops don't close anymore at five o'clock like they used to. So nothing was happening on a Saturday night unless you were going out to a club. Yes. So um, everything's open whenever now. But yes. that was a, a real kind of treat. I remember that as a kid. There was something very special, wasn't there, about sitting down all together and mm. watching the same thing. And also knowing that your pals at school were sitting down. And watching, and watching the same, the same thing. thing and you yeah. could discuss it and I yeah. think that's something that we're so thin on the ground now of water cooler shows yeah line of duty was one yeah um but there's very that. there's very few <laughs> I never saw it I know any of it to. no not a single it's really it just totally passed me by Sal don't tell anyone it's embarrassing I've got to go back to series one everyone says got to go I'm, back well, yeah you do yeah I mean I'm rarely speechless but <laughs> Yeah, never saw it. Wowzers. I know, it's weird, isn't it? I never saw The Sopranos either. Don't tell anyone. What about shows with your siblings? Because you've got brothers, haven't you? I've got brothers. They're yeah. seven and eight years older than me. Yeah. Um, what kind of stuff would you watch with them? Well, they would watch things with their mates and I would kind of open the door about that much and stick my head around right so I think I was I was exposed to quite a few things I shouldn't have been exposed to I remember there was a film called Porky's oh was that like a kind of yes like a high school soft porn I don't I think it's a romp isn't it it's a sort of slight it's a saucy romp how old were you when you saw Porky's I don't know nine ten Because then they'd realise and then tell me to get out. And Friday the 13th. Oh, no. And other kind of horror films like that. Yes. And I think then my brother, my younger brother, he would actually kind of shout me to come in to expose me to the (laughs) blood and and all the rest of it. But talking to you, it sounds as if you were more scared by Runaround than you were by Friday the 13th. Am I right? Yeah, I think, well, it's... Literally dawned on me last night, I, and I'm and I'm. I think somebody who's studying psychology will probably now write a thesis on that. On run around the, <laughs> yeah. pa- the actual panic. Did you ever try and get on one of those shows when you were a kid? Did you ever sort of apply for run around or one of those? When we, I went to Warden Peter Workshop, as I said before, and we were doing Tom and Hook. Oh was, yes, uh, Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, our version of. Yeah, and Mike LaBelle, who plays Kevin Webster, he was playing Tom Sawyer. Oh wow! So I've known Michael for over forty years. Amazing. And we were invited to some Saturday morning show. I cannot, for the life of me, remember the name of it. Okay, describe who was in it. Who was in Jeremy it? Jeremy Beadle. And it was and it in... was in Manchester. It was filmed I... in Manchester. Is it the Fun Factory? That rings a bell. Fun Factory. I seem, to remember be that. Those, I seem to remember a very oh, early country. beetle, a beetle with long hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very early beetle. Way before his pranking show, whatever that was, and Game for Watch Out Beetles about all yes. of that. It was before yeah. all of that. I think it was that the Fun Factory. Sounds familiar. Sort of slightly tiz Yes. 
lots of exactly tis was he because i remember jeremy beadle getting one of my friends and pouring custard down his ear literally a jug of custard literally a jug of custard down his ear we were there to promote the show and just kind of be a group of boisterous kids and he kind of i think one of them was being particularly boisterous we went you come here do like this and pour custard down and you thought of course you thought thought, this is of course this is what goes on i was absolutely hilarious oh you were i must must have been about eight or nine i at a very similar age um was lucky enough to get to go on magpie i think i was 10 actually yeah our primary school were chosen to submit jokes for a puffin it was called the puffin cracker joke book and if you submitted a joke and it got in the book, then a few of you were asked to go on Magpie and tell a joke. And we invited you to send your favourite jokes in. And we have some of the successful joke makers in the studio here. Wowzers. So we went to Teddington Studios and it was possibly the most exciting day of my life. I got a migraine, unfortunately. I had a blinding headache. <laughs> Melanie, your joke, please. What do you get when you cross a kangaroo with an elephant? I don't know. What do you get when you cross a kangaroo with an elephant? Big holes all over Australia. (laughs) (laughs) That was me, Mel Gedroich and Mick Robertson presenting Magpie in 1976 in the Goodies episode. Oh, I had a headache for ITV. Oh, no. But I met the goodies and I I told a joke. I know. I know, I know. That's what we used to watch. That was a Sunday night, wasn't it? That was kind of Sunday. Sunday night ITV. Five-ish. We don't yes. watch the goodies. You you say Sal, which I'm interested. You know, you say, oh, you didn't want to be, you didn't want to be an actor necessarily. Although you did the Olden Workshop, and obviously you got into Corey when you were right. 15. Mm-hmm. But did you ever watch a show that made you think I would love to play another character? No, I I think when I watch things, I wanted to be born in that era. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when I watched The King and I. I wanted to have a crinoline dress. Yeah. And one of the joys of being a child of the 70s was we had a lot of power cuts. Yeah. yeah I could go up the stairs with a candle. <gasps> it was almost like life made. Um, I didn't have the big sticky out frog, but I was walking and we, we lived in quite a big Victorian house. We had quite a big staircase. So going so up there with a candle, that had gone to heaven. Did you get into character when you were holding the candle? Do you remember? I don't think I perceived it as me playing a part. It was me imagining I'd been born in that time. Yeah. Which is pretty much how I've always approached every job I've I've had. I've I've not kind of gone too deep into research. I've just kind of gone, this is me. If I was born then, suffered that, had that, um, is pretty much how I've approached every character I've had but and that's absolutely what I used to do when I was a kid I wanted to be Anne of Green Gables oh who didn't oh, I mean the ginger um who didn't Laura Ingalls obviously yeah and a lot of candles in a, actually a lot of candles well. yeah I didn't ever want to be anybody more than <laughs> <laughs> what about your tv hero who would you say is your tv hero I don't think I have one. So in the traditional sense. So I've yeah. actually gone for my brother. Oh, interesting. And why? Tim, because my brother, Tim, I don't know whether you ever played this game. Did you ever play the advert game? When you have to, absolutely. You have to guess scream what they're out what they're, well, Scream out what the company what is. Still first. do it. 
still exactly yeah and it was amazing for them there were so many rules that you you know if if it was boots and and if boots came up uh, you you couldn't then obviously get it it was void if it was sang in a song or displayed somewhere and uh tim was amazing at it which was really infuriating and still now if we get together and we'll just be sitting down you know and i'm 51 he's 58 and the tv (laughs) will go on and they'll just out of nowhere You'll suddenly go, Halford! <laughs> and I've been infuriated 12 year olds again. And he gets it, it's from the opening notes of the music, yeah. presumably. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's quick as lightning. Absolutely bang on. Oh, good old Tim. And I'm very pleased to hear that you're still doing that. My, I have a brother nine years older than me, and we're, we were both obsessed with Enid Blyton when we were kids, and we still phone each other up and do Mallory Towers quizzes. So I'm, I'm right there <laughs> with you. He'll phone up. He often won't even say hello. He'll just go, what was the name of Bill's horse? And I'll go, thunder. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> and he's 61. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Since teaching myself to code in lockdown, I can't get enough of it. I'm a real coder and you can learn too by following my new coding computing blog, HTML. Seriously. Is there a show that you're watching at the moment that you cannot do without, you're obsessed with? I've got such an eclectic taste when it comes to telly. I, I love a brilliant drama. We've just finished The Chestnut Man. I haven't seen Oh, it's good. The Chestnut Man, okay. Gandhi, crime. Oh, okay, great. Very, very good. Nice, nice. Um, We binged that. So, you know, it's, it's a superbly sharp, it's brilliantly written. Um, oh, wow. The story okay. will keep you guessing and it's okay. brilliantly acted. But then I'll be as equally as obsessed with Murder at First Sight Australia. And, you know, once I get into something like that, I can't just, you know, it's on six nights a week, something like that. And uh, I can't miss one. I'm a celebrity. I can't miss one of those. The Circle can't miss one of those. So once I start on some kind of reality, yeah. that is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I'm had in... to stop myself actually from watching those kind of things because I'm exactly the same. Well, one will run into the other, into the other. And I don't know what to do with myself now because my nine o'clock slot is free. Oh, it's been God. full for the last three weeks. Oh. You kind of go, now I've got to actually actively go out and find something to watch, which means making a decision, which brings me back to run around. <laughs> Sal, you've got to find something for that nine o'clock slot. Yeah. There'll be um, something. I've, I've been recommended something. Um, uh, and I, we haven't yet, because my husband wants to watch it as well, and he's been working away. We haven't started uh, the latest season of Succession. Oh my yes. goodness! No, that has been, I think, a real whirlwind show of the last yeah. two years. Uh, yeah, m- must watch. Who's your favourite character? It's hard, isn't it? Um, Tom. Tom. Yeah. Tom. Ma- played by Matthew McFadden. How mind-blowing is that? I mean, I think it's his absolute role Be- of a lifetime, that, absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. Best thing he's ever done. He's I mean, it, but that, it's, it's difficult to pick somebody because when you watch the first season, they are all so utterly unpleasant. Yeah. There's not a redeeming feature in I know. any of them. It's so clever that it's actually so you clever. still want to know about these people and you still invest in these people, even though they're all vile. Absolutely grim. You've got some real treats coming your way in oh, this um, season. Yeah. It's the third season, isn't it? You've yeah. Got, well, I won't. I won't give too no, much away. No, I know, but... and, and and it's it's really difficult. And and thankfully, I think when people when there's a really good show like that, 
people on social media are very respectful about not giving away yeah a spoiler so i i've, oh, I've been oh, it's, I'm don't, so, don't say anything i'm really excited for you and there is an absolute i mean they're all brilliant performances aren't they every single person in that show is outstanding mm. yeah we've got to get on that it's one of those things isn't it it's a bit like i love a ferrero rocher Oh, and mate. if I don't open the box, it's fine. It can sit there for ages. But as soon as the lid's off, I, I, I mean, they're all gone in one sitting. Totally. The whole shebang. Well, because they're but light if, as well. You yeah, sort of but, think they're light as air. You know, yeah. it's like breathing in some oxygen. Eating and that's one of so these. good for you. Exactly. And it's a little bit like that with Succession. Yeah. It's kind of like them. That's my box of Ferrero Rocher sitting on the sky planner. Right now. <laughs> and I know I lo- once I dive in, I want them all. I love that music as well. The music is yeah. sensational, isn't it? I mean, I couldn't yeah. sing it. I couldn't sing it for them. you. But... <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, oh like good. That. It's very good. was the theme from HBO Succession, written and composed by Nicholas Brittle. Is it Brittle or Brittle? It doesn't matter. Do you have any other favourite theme tunes? There are so many good ones from the 70s, actually. I'm going to whack you with this one. Right. If I do some plat over the top. Oh, Green Gables. No. Heidi. <gasps> right. do 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 Lots of candles in Heidi. Oh, that was a theme from Heidi, written and composed by Siegfried Franz. Yeah, well, I think I drove my family mad trying to play that on the recorder. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Heidi. That was a brilliant show because I can't remember a lot about Heidi other than she was the playmate of uh, Clara. 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 Now, Clara, tragic Clara. Tragic Clara, who I believe something awful had happened to her, hadn't it? And she could mm. she couldn't walk. Is that she right? Walk. Yeah, she was in a, a kind of a. Again, a wheelchair. I think didn't it happen like one bit where the where a leg was just outstretched. Yes, I seem to remember. And Heidi kind of like kind of wicky wicker wheelchair, a big, a big wicker chair. That's right. Yeah, and Heidi had sort of been brought in as the little sort of breath of fresh air, wasn't yeah. she? The little mountain girl who yeah. comes into the city to sort of cheer her up. Yeah. But then, do they both go to the mountains? Oh gosh, I can't remember. I can't, I can't I remember. Don't... Any of the stories, but uh, I, I remember Heidi. But I remember, I remember that theme tune. It's I a very, yeah. very good theme tune. Is there a TV show that you would love to bring back? Obviously, run around clearly. That would <laughs> that would go down very well. The but, other thing um, I, re- um, I remember uh, was Adventure Game. Do you remember Adventure no, Game? Hang on a sec. I don't remember that song at all. There was. Slightly crystal maze-ish, but for a younger audience. Right. In that they had to do challenges. But within that, it wasn't just competitors and uh, and like a quiz show, like a host. And, yeah. Uh, like crystal maze. There was some kind of weird backstory with these, were they aliens? There was like a professor 
and like some mad professor who by one series he, he turned into an aspidistra. I remember that. That's so weird. And he went... Yeah, yeah. That was the Adventure Game, 1984, Series 3, Episode 1 for BBC. And he, yeah. and he, mo- and he moved he around on a chessboard. Yeah. The chessboardy thing was this, like this vortex thing, and 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 the player had to kind of move diagonally. It's like a giant a live game of draft, yeah, and what? you move diagonally. But then there was a salamander. Was it a salamander that used to walk? And then obviously the player couldn't see anything, but we at home could see the yes. salamander or whatever it was moving closer, and it was this, whether they were going to step into the. This is coming and, back to me and this, be obliterated. Yeah, that weird plant though. On the yeah. sort of, on the column. But that was, I think that was the professor who turned into an aspidistra. And oh, I remember you, vividly because I remember, because I, remember I had no idea what an aspidistra was. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, uh, and in, in my head, and I don't, I have no idea whether this is true, that somebody said they are incredibly expensive. Aspidistras. Plants. Oh, are they? Yeah, like, like, well, you say no, are they? I don't know. I this don't is know. something that I was told when I was a child. And so, that's in there now as canon that that <laughs> aspidistras are ridiculously really expensive. expensive. No idea. That's so weird. When you said the plant, I, I, suddenly I was back there. I think I don't. I don't think I was a regular viewer. I think it might have been it was on like BBC some, Two. It could. It could well have been. I think it was on. I think it was on Ruddy BBC Two. Could have been. It I was like some wrong. weird kind of white set. I think they were like dragons who were then in a human form and. Do you know what? There's bound to be a forum. There'll be some very <laughs> lively forum that discusses the adventure game pretty much round the clock. It's one of those things where you do you want to go back and revisit some of these things or are they better in your memory? Mm, best left. No, yeah. I, know, I totally know what you mean. Would you t- be so disappointed if, you know, that young boy in a show that you watched actually wasn't that good looking when you when you look at it now with grown up eyes or was slightly annoying or yeah. anything better to just keep that as a, oh yeah i don't know do you remember the double decker kids no. get on board double deckers no but i wanted to be in the red hand gang and that was american wasn't it that was american that Doc, had a great Doc. theme tune as well I was not an Enid Blyton fan. Right. So, um, but the idea of being in a little gang and solving crime. Yeah. Solving crimes. So they, they solved crimes, didn't they? All the time. All and, the time. And Doc was the really brainy one. Oh, yes, he was with the glasses. Yeah, Doc was But then was there was really the clever. really cute, like, star of the show who yes, were kind what of... Him? I don't know, but I used to think... I didn't fancy him because I think I was a bit too young to fancy him and he was a bit too young, but I thought he was cute. I remember thinking Really that. cool. It wasn't Scott. And wasn't there some girl with some, like, really cool knee-high socks? And, yeah, and hot yes, pants, like striking socks. and very high socks. Not, of I course, to be confused with uh, Press Gang, with the very young... Yes. Julie Swaller. Uh, yeah, and Dexter Fletcher, wasn't Dexter it, as Fletcher. well? Dexter Fletcher. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah, I remember that. It's been so lovely talking to you, Sal. I could literally go on for hours. Um, (laughs) Any guest that comes on to this show has to answer this question. Um, What's your favourite show of all time? Favourite TV show of all time? I know that's tricky. Please don't say run around. (laughs) You can say run around. I think just for 
everything. <laughs> and what I mean by that is uh, affection, a snapshot of time, uh, the effect on not only me, but the masses. Dynasty. Good choice. I think my it friend. has to be. Dynasty. Um, are, are there any sort of standout? Not well, the stuff. wedding massacre. The wedding massacre. What was it? What was he? Prince of Moldavia? Yes. Who's Michael Braid? Of course it was Braid. Michael, place the ring on Amanda's finger. And I shared digs with him in Nottingham once, and I and insisted that he made me a cup of tea in the morning. He was a really lovely guy. Um, Michael Braid, Robin Hood, of course. Yeah. And if he was in Dynasty, I'd totally And Catherine that. Oxenberg. Oxenberg. Catherine Oxenberg. And it was an end of season, the whole swooping in of the wedding and the yeah. You just heard John Van Drelen as the minister in Dynasty 1985, the royal wedding episode for ABC. And everybody's beautifully, you know, um, Joan Collins's her wig is perfectly positioned on the floor with blood all over her. And um, they're all there. You go, oh, my God, everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. And that was end of season. So I think just to encapsulate... I mean, Dynasty was huge, as was Dallas. That yeah. whole, they took over, they were real water cooler moments, as we were saying before we got yeah. distracted by the fact you hadn't watched Line of Duty. There are very few programs now that allow for a water cooler moment. Yeah. And I think that's a real shape. Yeah. And going yeah. forward, I mean, I'm passionate about terrestrial TV, not just because I work in it, but because we, we, we will lose. Those community. moments where we all community watching, yeah. where we all, and yeah. now we do it a lot online, but I remember yeah. when fame started. Oh, Monday nights. Dashing into school yeah. the next day to discuss did you see that. It? Did you see it? And yeah, then re this and amazing show. Yeah, in the playground. Reenacting moments, that was big, wasn't it? Reenacting. I was Coco. I mean, I then my hamster was called Coco. Oh. Because yeah, of, of fame. Um, I was Bruno Martelli. Oh. I was the keyboardist, yeah. Yeah. Slightly, slightly dull character, but um... <laughs> not what I would have picked. Um, we've really lost that community viewing, and and I think that would is a shame. And that's what certainly Dynasty had. That yeah. even if you even if you thought it was a load of uh, American sensationalist nonsense, you still knew about it. You still talked you about it. Yeah, of course you did. Oh, it's been so nice chatting to you, Sal. Thank you so, so much. And You're very um, welcome. I'm now going to go and uh, find some runarounds on, on YouTube. <laughs> I feel like I need to just stress myself up a bit. I've, I need some adrenaline, so I'm going to go. Tennis balls look. in each hand, and, and, and you can improvise. This is like an old Pringles tin. I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely to chat to Sal there. We're very close now. We've done the podcast. We're uber close showbiz friends so she's sal to me i do hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode of my tv years from tv choice i will be back to do this all again not this exact same podcast with sally Ann matthews there will be another one person thank you uh, and we'll be talking nothing but tv very soon <laughs> <laughs>